Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker taking over for Charlotte Sports today. And Josh Fitty Marlowe is taking over for Wes Bryant once more. We'll be here with you from 12 to 3 p.m. And then Kyle Bailey will take over for us. That's kind of how it works on the daily schedule at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. 704-570-9610. The number is 704-570-9610. Speaking of taking over for Jeff and Charlotte Sports today, we walked into the studio and he was wearing that bling bling. Had the chain for Charlotte FC. So you're telling me... The program director. Swag daddy. We walk in yesterday and we're hearing him use the word lit multiple times. He knows about the word sus. And now he's out here wearing chains while doing the show. He keeps telling us that it's because he has a couple of teenage boys. It might just be Jeff that's got that kind of youth to him. I don't know what fountain of youth he found. And now he's starting to dabble in that a little bit more. Jeff with the times, man. I mean, I I did not expect this from one Jeff Rickard on Charlotte Sports Today, but he's actually appealing to the younger demographic more than we are, the youngest on-air on people right now. You know, Jeff is the hip to your hop, and uh, it's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of fun to watch. It was, it was the first thing I noticed, too. It wasn't even his uh, holiday sweater, which feels like two weeks early, because we're still, what, 12, <laughs> Does it? 12, 13 days away from Christmas. What's what's the deadline or when is the soonest you can start wearing the holiday sweater? Because, man, it's December 12th. Let that man be as festive as he wants Let's to be. Let's see. Christmas is the 25th, the 20th. Five days. The week. You're saying you can't wear a Christmas sweater until December 20th. I mean, unless you're at a holiday event, if you're at a Christmas party, family party. I was at a Christmas party over the weekend. I was not wearing anything Christmassy. Yeah, the week of Christmas, that's when you should listen to Christmas music and dress to a Christmas theme. Oh, well, th- are we about to do the classic radio question, when is too soon to listen to Christmas music? Because... I'm fine with the entire month of December. I'm one of those guys that's really after Thanksgiving, do whatever you want. After thanks, we need to have Thanksgiving get its day because it's an important holiday here. We need to make sure that we represent the turkeys that are oftentimes that have these awful takes about how they're not good. And then I blame your family's cooking for the turkeys not being good. Thanksgiving deserves its day. Gobble, in, gobble. It, des- <laughs> it deserves its day in the sun. But after that, then you can go all out on Christmas, maybe even the week after. And then at the turn of the new year, it's time to bring in and it's time to take off the Christmas sweater and go with something else. You're really giving Christmas only the week of Christmas it's time to shine? Well, I mean, look, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and we give it a day. So I feel like, you know, Christmas, I mean, because, like, especially this year with as early as Thanksgiving fell, it was, what, like the 22nd, 23rd? Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for Christmas music on November 24th, wasn't ready to go get a Christmas tree, wasn't ready to to hear any music dressed Christmassy. So, I mean, look, in the week of Christmas, I'm a holly jolly fella. I love Christmas music. 
I, 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 I'm there for it. I like you being a holly jolly fella just well, outside get, of Christmas yeah. too. Honestly, well, I'm trying to get there, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's you know, give give it a week. Trophy husband wrote in Jeff all rizzed up. Yeah, oh, trophy yes. husband. He's got a couple kids too. I'm guessing. <laughs> Uh, Rachel wrote in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line and said, I have it down to the band, the concert, and year. I've thought long and hard about the Christmas music, I guess. I don't know if that's just a later text rolling in, but we'll read it because Rachel, she brings in great text messages usually anyway. Thomas wrote in, you should not put up decoration, uh, put up decorations or listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. That's my rule. That's my rule. And then 919, so the Macy's Christmas Parade is on Thanksgiving. That's a terrible take, Fiddy. And it's a terrible parade. It's not a terrible That nobody watches anymore. That's not true. People still watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, it's I, at I, least on good comfort. You're I, cooking. It's on in the background. Only television. because it's on the channel that, you know, the Detroit Lions football game is going to come on. So you have the paranoid football guy that gets, that gets to control of the TV and is like, all right. We're going to watch this damn parade and watch these stupid floats because we ain't missing kickoff, damn it. That's actually, a, yeah, that's correct. That's what's happening. That was really accurate. Um, McElpine Doug, he said it's called midlife crisis, or in his case, uh, I don't even know, post-death. <laughs> Is that bad? I don't even know what I don't that know what's means. what's going on with him. All right, midlife crisis for McElpine Doug. Uh, that's what he's saying Jeff is going through. The last thing I wanted to ask before we dive into the Charlotte Hornets game. So with Trophy Husband saying, is Jeff all rizzed up? With Jeff using words like that, what is something that you may have taken? What is vernacular that you have taken from your children and actually applied it to your own 30, 40, 50, 60 year old self? And now you actually use it despite it really being uh, featured in the conversations of teenagers. Like what is something that you actually use now? I think swag has been adopted a lot by the older demographics out there. Lots what of people use swag. In my what opinion. about that's dope? See, dope was back in the day. That's a good one to bring up, though, because I think dope actually infiltrated quite a few demographics and actually stood the test of time. Especially in the 70s. Especially in the 70s. Dope was there. The devil's lettuce, as you might say. Yeah, let us know. What, what's some of the vernacular? What is a part of your lexicon now that it might not, have, it might not have been if you did not have any kids? Let's dive into the Charlotte Hornets game. They lost 116-114. to 114. There are a couple of things to shine some light on as well, though. Let's get off the bus, open up the doors. Mr. Bus Driver, Josh Fitty Marlowe. Let's go ahead and do the damn thing. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! I left. These texts are actually great. I'm glad I asked this question because now we have a bunch of old dudes that we love, by the way, that are writing in on the text line and then explaining what it means. K-Town Steve wrote in, dog water. That means something is horrible. Johnny from Charlotte. I'm 52. I say yeet now. I love that. God, I love that. That is hilarious to me. Myron Goodman. He says, I use sus. Caroline Mike. Uh, Carolina Mike. Salty. So, yeah, that's true. 5 for 12 said, bruh, that's cap. Uh, 336, no cap is one, but no one says dope anymore. Uh, that's not true. I use dope. I like saying dope. 704, drip. 
Uh, Drew says, I use this slaps a lot. Yeah, this is exactly what I wanted, asking that question. I appreciate everybody writing in on the text line. So the Charlotte Hornets, they fall to the Miami Heat last night, 116 to 114. It was a close game. Hornets had some nice shot making down the stretch. Lots of questionable calls, of course, going against the Charlotte Hornets. It's been a theme, really, throughout their organization's history, but also in recent history. And the Miami Heat able to squeak this one out by just a bucket. Here's Steve Clifford talking about one of the biggest issues he had with his team's performance. The difference in the game was the free throw game was obviously the biggest difference. Everything else is pretty competitive. But you, you minus 10 at the free throw line, it's going to be hard to win most nights, you know. So that's the, uh, that's the obvious thing. I think my biggest problem, the one that I want to at least focus on here, they had a shot, and I hated the last play of this game for Charlotte. Terry Rozier, so you have like over four seconds left. Terry Rozier catches the inbound pass with his back uh, facing his own basket. He's catching the inbounds pass, going to the opposite baseline, and then turns around already losing any type of momentum you could have going towards the basket. And then you hoist up this half-court heave falling down too. It was always going to be tough, and it was online. It was just a little too strong. But there was enough time there to get a much better shot in order to win or tie this basketball game. And it just didn't happen because I guess the inbounds pass was defended everywhere else. You didn't set a screen for Terry enough to try to get him loose and then hit him in stride. Maybe you could hit Miles Bridges, who Nada pointed out on Lockdown Hornets that Miles Bridges might have been open on the wing. You had enough time for a pass, and then the last possession of this game, there was not a legitimate shot for them to win because you you don't want to take that half-court shot as the final attempt. So that was a problem. I think the Miami Heat, their offense was able to pick apart the zone. You had some bad perimeter defense where guys were able to get to the basket pretty easily. They shot really well from three-point range. And all that adds up to a close loss to Miami. And the Charlotte Hornets fall to 7-14. and 14. This is who they've become this year because they have a bunch of injuries, because they're young, because they're undisciplined on defense. Those are some of my observations. What do you take away from this game, fitting? You know, if you go back and listen to what Terrence Oglesby said at halftime, I thought Charlotte played well in the first half, but they played well for 21 minutes, not for 24. I thought they played well last night, but it was for about 40 to 42 minutes, and without LaMelo Ball against Miami, you've got to play as close to 48 minutes as possible to, to beat them. I didn't think last night was an effort issue. I don't think last night was a caring issue. I thought the biggest issue last night was a Jimmy Butler, although Wes thinks he's boring, is a superstar that can take over games and 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 control a game. And I thought Miami's culture, and this is going to tick a lot of Hornets fans off because I know we get offended by that Heat culture. I thought their culture was the reason why they won because, I mean, you're getting contributions from Kevin Love, some other guys that, like, no other team in the NBA is getting anything out of them. But Eric Spolstra, a guy that's never won NBA Coach of the Year, is getting production from these guys, and that's the biggest reason why, in my opinion, they beat the Hornets. Another conversation from Lockdown Hornets I'll repurpose here. It's not a not a Edwards. You can find him on Twitter at not of the scribe. He was talking about how soon they need to take the stick of dynamite to this team and just go ahead and blow it up because we're talking about four and a half years, five years of some semblance of the core that we have right now. Two different head coaches, 
many of the same mistakes, especially defensively. We're seeing across both of these coaches, offensively still performing across both coaches, whether it be James Brago or Steve Clifford. And so with this kind of core, it makes all the sense, even if you like individual players, even if Gordon will have his moments, despite being overpaid, he'll have his moments. Terry Rozier, same thing. LaMelo Ball is very good. He's just injured a decent amount of the time throughout the start of his NBA career. It's time to move on. I think new ownership is going to do that as you start to see changes in-house. I just am interested in how much they're going to blow this thing up because LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, those are the guys that you keep, no questions asked. I think Mark Williams is probably a part of that too. You don't if there's enough of a trade package in return, you'd probably trade him. You're not just, you know, you know, whatever waving off any of the offers for Mark Williams, but more likely you'd like to keep him to see if he can be the center of the future. We'll see about some of these other guys, but everybody else should be fair game, and I'm just not sure exactly how much turnover you're going to see, but I will tell you Fitty, I do think it's the most turnover you will have seen since what two years ago because they haven't done anything because it's been Cody Martin as a re-signing that has been one of their big free agent signings. It's been DSJ here for a year. It's been Frank Nittalakina. It's been point guards that they don't bring on until two weeks before the season starts. And so the bar is low. And because of that, but also because I expect a lot of change, it's going to be the most turnover we've seen in quite some time. And look, I think we've all been maybe semi-frustrated by them standing pat at the trade deadline, not making moves in the offseason because... Rogier and Hayward have been the most rumored names to be traded really since they signed their contracts. You look at the way they're playing right now. Entering last night's game, Gordon Hayward Gordon Hayward's averaging 22.5 points over his last four. In his last five games, Terry Rogier trails Steph Curry and Kobe White for most threes made in his last five games. You might get adequate value out of them while if, if this level of play uh, keeps up. If, if, you, if they can play the level that they're playing right now, you might be able to get adequate value from trading those veterans to contending teams because I feel like if they're shipping them out, they're going to do right by them and send them to teams where they can go compete for a championship. 704 said we should have had more time on the clock for that last shot. Miles fouled before Terry at the end. Miles was, wrong. Miles was upset about that. The officials did not give them the foul with enough time, and that probably did rush Terry a little more, or maybe we could have had a better shot at the end. Last thing before we, I guess get off getting off the bus we don't get back on the bus i guess last thing before we actually enter the stadium if you will um just i just wanted to shed some love i wanted to shed some light and show some love on terry rogier terry rogier has not been without his faults i've been pretty critical of terry in the past i think terry when he would go to the podium say that we need to really display and actually practice the message of our coaches where we're playing better defense and then he wouldn't play better defense I was pretty critical of that I don't love the contract I didn't love it when they handed it out the second time to him but I think Terry Rozier continues to grow as a basketball player especially in the lead guard role usually I don't like having Terry Rozier have to go from combo guard to lead guard because LaMelo's injured and because they didn't want to sign a point guard until two weeks before training camp. And that means you have Teo Maladone, who's good, but more so in a third string point guard role. DSJ, who's very good, but more so defensively. You've never been able to get a legitimate backup point guard that can run the offense outside of LaMelo. And you've always had to tinker with Terry's position. That guy has back-to-back 13 assist games. That guy has back-to-back 20-point performances, including 
scoring 34 last night. Terry making the right decision, making the right decision in the pick and roll to get them on the board early, dishing it out, kicking it out when appropriate, finding Brandon Miller on the baseline, just navigating the defense with the ball in his hands, being that primary ball handler. I just wanted to give some love to Terry because he deserves it, man. Even it might be the right decision to move on from him, but that guy's continued to grow. He's kept the lights on a little bit when LaMelo Ball's been out. He's given us something to cheer for, been exciting on offense specifically. So just wanted to give a tip of the cap to one Terry Rozier, despite the loss to Miami. It's second take Tuesday. We break down the Panthers-Saints game on the other side of the break. Keep those texts rolling in. 704-570-9610. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. different text on the Carolina men's clinic text line right now. It's exactly what I want it to look like when I ask you what are some phrases from your children? What are some phrases from that millennial generation, Gen X, Gen Z? I don't even know what letter Gen we're talking about these days, but people have been writing in the phrases they have adopted from that very generation we're discussing. Carolina Mike says he uses the word bussin'. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I make I love it. 980 says, I still say dope, groovy, and righteous. That's somebody from the 70s, right? Oh, there. yeah. Especially, dude, I mean, if, if you're using groovy, you, you're still going to the disco club on Saturday nights. Uh, yes. Yes, they are. They are certainly doing that. Patrick in Huntersville, lemon pepper steppers. Now, apparently, this means like old person shoes. Is that what it means? I didn't know this. Patrick in Huntersville. Might be a little bit more hip than me, Fitty. I'll ask my mama when I go see her later tonight what a lemon pepper stepper is. Okay, L- please do that. If she knows, that would be hilarious. Panther Cliff, my son and his friends are all- always saying, yo, you are a D1 yapper. Translation, he says, what are you talking about, bro? You talk too much or you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Pan- okay, a D1 yapper. I kind of like it. I've never heard that. So if you don't know what you're talking about, it could be used for us constantly. <laughs> if somebody is angry at us, yo, man, that guy's a D1 yapper. Get out of here. And we just don't know what we're talking about. I really like it. 910 says they use Skrilla. Thanks, Wes. Skrill is a great word. Straight cash, homie. We're scrolling. We're scrolling. Uh, 980 says, I still say dope, groovy, righteous, and gnarly was even in there. How about Mac from Mooresville? Bomb diggity. 
will always be a staple uh, in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, 704, Evan from Charlotte says, standing on business. Standing on business is one I think that could really continue to catch fire and everybody start to use it. I think that would be one. Um, and those are, oh, Panther Bow with a great one. I remember when you did this. I forget the exact context, but I remember when you created the word, you just made up coin. Oh, I used it in, in reference to an alcoholic beverage. I was like, I'm going to go home and drink a few coins. And because uh, I, 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 it sounds good, though. I heard it. I've heard it somewhere. I don't remember where. It might be an overseas thing. I don't know. But I've heard coin be used as a another word for drink. But we looked it up. And there was no evidence that anybody uses the word coin for beers or any type of alcoholic beverage. No, but maybe, you know what? I coined it that day. I kind of like it. Somebody is, yeah, people are telling me to look up the video of uh, Lemon Pepper Stepper. Uh, 704, I still call my wife Shouty. I like that. That's, see, that's like my middle school, high school. <laughs> I like that quite a bit. That's my era right there. Um, and then Evan from Concord, last one. I wish they'd bring fat back. P-H-A-T. Fat is still, it, it feels like P-H fat is still trying to hold on for dear life. Everyone, it's almost like a rare animal. It's on the nearly endangered list. It's not extinct. But it feels like the government needs to step in and protect fat with a pH. They're maybe just only living in zoos right now, but you don't find them in the wild. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. 704-570-9610. Do you have an animal that you could maybe comes to mind that describes P-H-A-T, fat, fat, fat? You know what? Maybe bald eagles back in the day, but now they're not protected anymore because there's so many. If we can get fat back to bald eagle status where we protected enough to where now everything is out, they're still protected, but now they're not nearly endangered. Maybe we can get fat to bald eagle status. That's what I would like to see. Did you ever spell bad B-H-A-D after bad Barbie came on the scene? I think you're talking about bad baby. Is it baby? I think bad baby. And she is the one in the time to trend intro who got famous because of her appearance on Dr. Phil. No, I never did to answer your question, but I'm pretty sure it's bad baby, but that's okay. Let's move on. Catch Sec me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. Second take Tuesday. <laughs> Let's actually move on to second take Tuesday and give you our recap of some of the plays we thought were real impactful between the Panthers and the Saints. I'm going to go to one that everyone remembers from this game. It's the Bryce Young sack fumble that happened early on. This happened with 630 left to go in the first quarter. He got sacked. And this was from Howden coming in, causing the fumble. Demario Davis also in there on the pressure of one Bryce. So here's what this really exemplifies. The Panthers were in max protection here. Like they have eight guys in to help Bryce Young just so he has the ability to throw the football. <laughs> eight guys are in to, uh, to protect Bryce Young. Tommy Trimble, Steven Sullivan on the right side, and Chuba is in pass protection too. Mingo and Chark, only guys running routes. The Saints initially rushed six, but then there's a couple linebackers that come in once they realize there's no tight end leaking out. And so now everybody's heading through. But you have eight guys to hopefully protect. Fiddy, they send Howard on a, uh, excuse me, Howden on a safety blitz. They have another linebacker blitzing, and then everybody comes aboard, right? You only have two guys on a route, two guys covering. Everybody else is rushing the quarterback. Problem is they didn't really even need it. DeMario Davis comes in a little late, and he's in there on the pressure. But Icky gets beat immediately. So there's a problem on the left side. 
The safety just blows by Sullivan and Hubbard on the opposite. So now you're talking about Bryce not really having enough time to step through. And Young does get set, but Howden is there just in time to cause the fumble and you squander a first down opportunity at midfield. The other thing that's so frustrating about this play, Bryce is under center. Many people have clamored for more under center plays for Bryce Young. First down, great play action opportunity, especially at midfield. It's the exact idea that you would want to roll with as far as a play call goes. But Fiddy, they got eight guys protecting him. And this is a great time to call play action. But Bryce and Chuba aren't on the same page. Chuba rolls to his left after taking the snap. Chuba goes to the right. And so you have the play action where you're just not faking handing off to anybody. Okay, so now nobody's getting fooled because no one's going to get fooled handing it off to the ghost man that's there on the left side. Yep. So now it's already blown up. The guys can pin their ears back, not have to even wait a split second because you might just hand it off. Nope, not going to happen. Let's go straight for Bryce Young. And then first down at midfield, squandered, gone. It's going the Saints way with an opportunity to score. And already right off the rip, some bad football happening for Carolina once more. You know, Vashti joined us last week and said that the Panthers are a comedy of errors. And that play was another example of that because you've got max protection in. This is the time for you to hit the play action. Maybe that's when you're calling the deep shot to get Mingo or whoever isolated one-on-one to get the deep ball down the field. And you're supposed to be franchise left tackle gets beat immediately. Your running back, who has looked really well the last couple weeks, goes the wrong way, and it all gets blown up in a matter of an instant. It just goes to show you that, yeah, Frank Reich's no longer here. There's still a lack of communication, whether it's from the play call into Bryce Young or to what Bryce Young is communicating in the huddle and it's 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 really frustrating and you know I think the more and more we we talk about this offensive line and how you fix it y'all put y'all's offensive line hat on last week at Radio Road Army Navy game they've got to find a different answer at left tackle because the more and more we watch Iki Aquanu, he's just not it I think what's the problem with Icky even more so, it's the fact that if Icky isn't blocking his guy, then we've seen a lot of bad plays come from that, which, okay, no duh, Walker, great analysis. I hear you on that. (laughs) But it does feel like if somebody else allows pressure, then we just see a sack. But man, when Icky allows a pressure, it feels like it's in big moments. Yeah. It feels like there's a turnover that happens afterwards. And that makes sense. There's a reason those guys are as valuable as anybody up front. You could argue probably second or third most important player on a team, whatever, right? That's a different conversation. But Iki Kwanu, the left tackle spot, it's right up there. And it just feels like the sacks that he gives up, the pressures he gives up, they come in, they come in monster spots. Remember last year against Tampa, even when Steve Wilkes had done a really nice job of figuring out how to protect their rookie left tackle, what happens in the last play of the game that had any significance for Carolina? It's Sam Darnold getting sacked by Anthony Nelson on an outside rush, beating Icky, where Icky doesn't even put a hand on Nelson. And it was a pretty good game from Icky in that one. I don't want to lose sight of what actually happened for the most part, but the last play of the game, doesn't get a hand on Anthony Nelson, game over regular season over in order to get to the postseason it's just all done so yeah that's a that's a real problem defensive side of the football focusing on two good plays and they actually come pretty early in the game too so third and three at the carolina 29 this is actually the possession after the fumble so the panthers are pretty vulnerable at this spot i believe it's seven to three is the score at this time lots of talk about brian burns 
how he's underperforming this year, and that's true. But he has a really nice rush on this third down play to quickly make Derek Carr feel the pressure. And I feel like these are the kind of stats and plays that Brian doesn't get love for because he doesn't get the sack. I don't know if he even gets the pressure with YGM on the opposite side, also applying pressure on the outside, which is great. So both ends getting there, making the quarterback feel uncomfortable. And this is the kind of thing that Brian actually does provide the team. There's real value in this. So when Derek Carr has to step up because the ends get pressure on Derek Carr, who's there but Derek Brown, man. That's when the big fella steps in. He does not allow Derek Carr to continue to step up in the pocket. Brown beats the double team. One guy just whiffs on Derrick Brown because he just uses his big old paw, slaps his hands out of the way, and now it's a one-on-one battle. Derrick Brown, one-on-one battle. He's going to win, and there's Derrick Carr just stepping up into the wrong place at the wrong time. Derrick Brown brings him down and then forces the intentional grounding penalty. We're going to have a conversation in the 1 o'clock hour, but Derrick Brown is pretty easily becoming the best player on this football team. The thing about that play was it was everybody doing their job, complimenting each other to put your best defensive player right now in a position to make an impactful play. And I think that's what we want more from Brian Burns because when Brian Burns does his job, whether he gets the sack, whether he gets the pressure, doesn't always matter. But if you're forcing Derek Carr to step up into Derek Brown, you're going to like that, you know, nine times out of ten. And so it was a play that at the time, after the turnover on the short field, where you're just – commending the defense once again for making a play to keep you in the ball game. Derek Brown being able to make that play and then stop them from scoring. They were in field goal position yep. and they didn't even get any points off of that and so that they had to punt. You talk it's not complimentary football, but it's helpful football when the offense gives the team the football and then the defense actually doesn't allow any points on that possession. The last one, actually a little more love for Brian Burns, to be honest with you. Because uh -oh. he's well, he's taking it on the chin, and I get it. You want your star pass rusher that's asking for thirty million dollars a year to get home a lot more. I think that's fair to ask. But I do think on a third and five play at New Orleans forty one. There was the incomplete short right pass to Jamal Williams. Frankie Luvu was in there also causing some pressure. I feel like Burns was felt around Carr again. And Marquise Haynes drove his tackle right into the lap of Derek. So there were two times where Brian Burns, each of those plays, Marquise Haynes one play, YGM the other. There were two times early in the game where the defensive ends got pressure. And Marquise Haynes is a speed guy. But he actually used a bull rush to just push his tackle all the way into the lap of Derek Carr. Carr has to get rid of it because Frankie Luva was also coming down on a delayed blitz into the middle. Well-timed blitz, and even if he completes the dump off to Williams, you have Troy Hill pursuing right there. I don't think he would have been able to pick up any yards. And as long as Hill makes the tackle, just really well defended. I just, It just points out how well this defensive unit is playing. And even when you consider pass rush a weak point of this unit, they got to Derek Carr in this game, whether it be Brian Burns, even if he's not getting home, I feel like there were some pressures and Derek Brown just had a monster game to go on top of the crazy month and a half that he's had so far this year. Yeah, whenever the defense, you know, in the first half, they've held their own because they're as fresh as they're going to be all game. And and they're, they're making their presence felt. Like the numbers are what they are because in the second half, they're on the field an extra three, four possessions because this offense just cannot sustain drives. I think the thing that, that you really look at with Brian Burns is when the other guys have done their job, his impact has been felt. And I think that's why fans were really upset they, didn't, they, they, they did not keep Hassan Reddick. And you've seen the impact he's had in Philadelphia. 
because those two guys complemented one another and they brought the best out of each other. And I think Ajero Averro has done a really good job with the patchwork defensive line at times because everybody outside of Burns and Brown have been hurt this year at giving that unit a fighting chance week after week to make an impact and, and make their presence felt um, against you know quality offensive lines. And so um, it's, it's really hard when you look at the final score, you say, oh, it's 28 to 6, the defense didn't play well. Man, it was 14 to 6 in the fourth quarter. Well, and we went over the stat where if you look at this defense, they're actually 31st in points allowed this year, but they're fourth in yardage allowed. That's a crazy stat. Yeah. That shows you just how many bad positions on the field they're being put into because of the offense turning it over or just not staying on the field, not being able to put together a couple of drives. It's really been hurting this defense the way the offense has been performing. And maybe I should know this, and maybe you know it. Do you know if a pick six goes against a point per game average against the defense? Like I guess that's factored into it. You know what? Even fantasy football wasn't able to figure that out until I think a couple of years ago. So I don't think so. I don't think so though. I mean, you, you know, you go back to the Colts game, what Bryce gave them 14 yeah. points in a game that gave up 10 Technically 27. Last thing I wanted to go to on the text line, Coach Polly said, actually, ghost play action is a thing. It's to, dece- it's to deceive those backers who are watching, spying the QB. One step left or right is all the difference. That that might be true. And Chuba did go immediately into pass protection. So I could be wrong about that. I mean, it doesn't negate the fact that Icky got beat immediately. It was still ending up in a sack. And so maybe that's a thing that I just missed when evaluating it. It just didn't look it looked weird. Bryce going one way, Chuba going the other, and then handing the football out to nobody. So uh, you feel like the linebackers can see that, but maybe Coach Polly is right. Yeah, look, if Tua, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, they want to do some ghost play action, no quarrels with that. When you're 1-11 and you have been as putrid as you've been offensively, um, give me just the standard play action, Thomas Brown. <laughs> don't, don't overthink it because you can't do the simple things. And I thought after the fire, and we were simplifying the offense. I don't think ghost play action is simplifying the offense. It's Wes and Walker off and rolling. Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in. That was the end of Second Take Tuesday. Important ACC player declared for the NFL draft. Who is it, and what kind of impact can they have in the NFL? Let's talk about it. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ telling you guys about a watch party tomorrow night. You can join me, Walker Mail, and Colin Hoggard. 
and Josh Fetty Marlowe making a late appearance here tomorrow night, Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. to cheer on the Charlotte Hornets as they take on the Miami Heat for the second time this week. Thanks to the fine folks at Michelob Ultra, we're inviting you to a watch party at the Carolina Ale House. That's the Waverly location, Carolina Ale House. The address is... 7404-7404 Waverly Walk Avenue here in Charlotte. That's the WFNZ Michelob Ultra Watch Party Wednesday night, tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. at the Carolina Ale House Waverly location. And we'll see you there. We've already done this. and We've done this before. We've done some trivia. We were trying to get some watch parties going. We got our first one um, tomorrow. And Fiddy's going to be there. It's going to be Colin, too. And so we get to watch the Hornets and the Heat. Now... I talked about this earlier. Smoke hates the heat. I was texting with him last night. Please don't get paranoid because he texted me about the heat. He texted me about it. I'm just telling you, talking about the Charlotte Hornets game, he talked about how much he hates the heat, and he really hates them. I feel like Colin is still in that neighborhood, though. Oh, yeah. His hatred for Miami is right up there with Smoke, and so it'll be interesting, fun, and experience to see Colin's true feelings out there in an environment where he has to also put up with the Miami Heat playing his favorite basketball team. Um, Colin's the only man I know that interrupted Sam Farber because he did the the post game last year when I think was it Terry got called for a walk on an inbounds play and in a, a tight close game mm-hmm. and he asked Sam about it in the in the post game show and. Sam was given his answer, and Colin's like, "It's okay to say they got it wrong, Sam." <laughs> you, know, and then, you know, you know, Mr. Farber, you know, you know, Sunshine Sam was just like, "Well, Colin, it's yeah, it was one of those things." Like, I'm I'm back here behind the board, and I'm like, "It's not. He's not here for it. All he's right? not here. They got it wrong. The Miami Heat, they for some reason get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to calls, and it was okay to say that. And Colin was demanding." That Sam admit that <laughs> we're going to see that tomorrow night at Carolina Ale House. Once again, it's the Waverly location. I've been having a lot of fun reading these texts about the lexicon, the words that you are putting forth towards your lexicon that you hear from your teenage kids, that you hear from TikTok, that you hear from these hooligans out here, these young I don't know, these young bloods, if you will. I don't know if people call them young bloods anymore. Uh, Going to the text line, Gas House Earl said, what about when you agree with someone and you say that's what's up? That's a good one. Yep. I think people will say that's what's up still. Brian said this is the worst conversation to not have Wes in. It's so true. No, hell no. No, well, he'd be great, though. (laughs) Wes, you'd be great at this. You'd be great. Uh, Five for 12. He said ghost play action is what Fiddy calls Saturday night. I'm sorry, Fiddy. I had to read it. Storm and Norman said, I ain't trying to do that, brah. That's my teenagers when asked to actually concert effort. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfcack says, right on. Right on's a good one. 704. Oh, now this is an interesting question. What words have to go? What words, if you could just eradicate from the English dictionary, would you do so? 704 is telling you Glizzy has got to go. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Glizzy Gobbler, it's just, it's too questionable. And I worked with a guy that he called Wednesday Glizzy Wednesday, and I just wasn't there for it. Who says Glizzy Wednesday? It was his his name. His name was Riley. Good good buddy oh, okay. of mine. Okay, not here. I was like, I don't. No, think no, Glizzy no, Wednesday. no, no. Not here. Was that when I worked at a local uh, pizza establishment? And uh, he would text every Wednesday. It's Glizzy Wednesday, boys. And <laughs> no one knew what it meant. All right, I kind of like Glizzy. I'm a Glizzy guy, if you will.
Have you ever ordered a hot dog and ordered it as a glizzy? Like, I want a foot-long glizzy, mustard, ketchup, onion, pickle, or not pickle, but, you know. I don't deal. think so, but glizzy's fun to say. I, I, I can't agree with you, 704. I think Glizzy deserves to stay. Big Chris from Shelby, True Dat. Oh, I love True Dat. Mm. I use True Dat a lot. And you got to put the D on it. True Dat. Syracuse DJ, being from New York, I still describe cold weather as brick. Mad brick outside this morning. See, I've heard of that hawk is out. I know when it when that hawk is out, it's real cold. Mm-hmm. More so like a Chicago thing. I know about that brick is out. I don't think I've heard that before, or it's mad brick outside. Yeah, I've never heard that. All right, last couple ones. Gary Tron says gang gang or Gucci, and All Night Dwight says tight. That's tight. <laughs> Tight's a good one. Tight's a good one. All right, I tease somebody declaring for the NFL draft on the uh, during second take Tuesday. That's Drake May. Fit of your boy. North Carolina QB, the best QB in North Ca- Carolina history from at least a talent standpoint. Going to be drafted most likely second overall, though there's some competition there now. But Drake May is certainly going to be a top five pick in the next NFL draft. And he gave this big, long, appropriate message. It's not like the third string running back that's deciding to move on to a different school that is giving you the graphic with the, I appreciate my time here. I appreciate everybody, but I have to go and spread my wings. Now, this is Drake May giving you an appropriate graphic with a message saying that he's appreciative of his time there at North Carolina, but he's declaring for the NFL draft. No surprise. It's the right time for him to go. He just might be the second overall pick. What's next for North Carolina, though, Fiddy, with Drake May leaving for the National Football League? You know, I, I said this on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, and this isn't going to be a popular answer. This was the best thing for Carolina football was that Drake May go ahead and declare to go pro because we knew he was going pro and to skip the bowl game because you're now tasked with finding your next quarterback. Um, I'm a big believer in Connor Harrell, the backup on the roster who should now have, you know, full, uh, practice reps getting ready for West Virginia and then a full 60 minute game to put something on tape. They've brought in Max Johnson, the Texas A&M transfer who has a good, he had like 47 touchdowns to 12 interceptions during his time in college, but Carolina has got to find their next guy. Um, and it's not going to be easy to replace the production that you've lost the last two, the last two years from Drake may the most talented quarterback to ever wear the Carolina blue. Um, and I think that's another reason why Mac Brown didn't want to retire was because he, there's not an answer at quarterback on the roster and you don't want to set up the replacement to fail. I think once he finds that replacement, go through next year, that's when he steps away, but um, they're going to have their hands full because replacing a guy that's going to go top three in the draft, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, Sam Howell, Drake May, you were able to go from one fantastic quarterback to another. And now the question is, can you do it again? You said you're a big believer in Harold. We'll see what he can do. I'm just interested with what Mac Brown and Chip Lindsey are going to do with whatever quarterback is coming up next or who's going to be that starter. I know you have Johnson that's also transferring in. Is it fair to say that UNC wasted Drake May? I think it is because what did you accomplish in his two plus years as your quarterback? I mean, everything you have to show for it's not good. You got to an ACC title game and you got blown off the field by a, a, a non-playoff Clemson team. You went to the Holiday Bowl against an Oregon program and you got beat. This year, you got to six and zero. You were ranked number ten in the country. Like you were being mentioned in the breath as a contender as to to make the playoff from the ACC at the time. 
and you finish eight and four with a blowout loss to NC State to end your college career. So um, I think it's the curse of Carolina football because they get great players that come in and out of their program every decade or so. And you don't really have a whole lot in the trophy case to show for it. And um, it's going to be what's going to make the legacy of Mac Brown 2.0 really hard to define. Yeah, Tez Walker also declaring for the NFL draft, I think just 30 minutes ago, he released out there on Twitter and social media that he also would be declaring for the NFL draft. So no more Drake May, which we knew, and even Tez Walker, we knew that he was going to go on to the NFL draft. We were pretty certain of that, right? Well, I mean, like, uh, here's my thing. Why would a kid return to college when the college system failed him and took half away of his season? Yeah, so, okay. Tim hates tanking. Also, Tar Heel hating Tim. Yeah. Shares a thought and a comment that we've seen from quite a few NC State fans. He wrote in on the text line, I see Tez Walker didn't want to play in front of family anymore. Kudos to Governor Cooper for backing a fraudulent institution that cheats. Okay. So this idea that Tez Walker is abandoning his family or the fact that he never truly wanted to play in front of his family in the first place. You guys, you don't think that making a bunch of money playing football is going to help that family too? Like that, It's dumb because he's going to the NFL also to help his family. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make sure that they can see me play. And I'm going to turn down what could be millions of dollars depending on where I'm drafted and where I get my second contract. And I'm going to turn down hundreds of thousands of dollars by still staying in front, he's still helping his family here. Like it's still even family oriented and also living out his dream oriented. Yeah. That's a stupid thing to say for NC state fans. And I know it's state fans. I know it's all hate. I get it. You can only take it so seriously because of the rivalry that exists between the two teams, but it really doesn't make any sense. I just hope they realize it and hope they realize, yeah, we're trolling. We do get that. Tez Walker is making this decision because it's the right one to do for himself. I, I, I would really like to think as a Carolina fan that doesn't like Duke doesn't like NC State, that if one of their players was in the same position that Tez Walker was and is, I would have advocated that it was he was being wrongfully done and deserved to play because he transferred before they instituted the two-time transfer rule. And at some point, guys, those of you in your late 40s, early 50s, you need to come to the understanding that these kids are not going to play in meaningless bowl games. This game does not matter. Like, if Carolina wins, Carolina loses, all it matters is to the coaching bonus who has it in their contract, they're going to an extra $200,000, $500,000 if, if, if they win the bowl game. They're making the right decision in today's era. In the 70s and the 80s, no, those guys needed to play because you didn't have the scouting. You weren't getting the feedback from the NFL draft. You didn't have the senior bowl. You have all these things now that they're being told it's not beneficial from you financially that you play in a game that has no meaning. Get ready for the NFL draft and go get your life changing money. All right. So we don't have the campus corner without Wes. We don't do it without Wes Bryant. It's his segment and we're going to leave it to him. But we do try to have variations of the campus corner across different sports. How about the corner kick with Willie P? Willie P, the man, the myth, the legend, the voice of Charlotte FC. He joins us to talk about the news of Dean Smith's hiring as Charlotte FC's new manager. Coming up next in the 1 o'clock hour, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.